What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the 40-Yard Dad Podcast. I am your host, Cam Garrity. In this episode today, we talk all about the New England Patriots, their prospect meetings that have been reported, confirmed, whatever it might be. We talk a little bit about Odell Beckham Jr., and we talk about what that means for the Patriots moving forward, what's kind of going through their head, and what their draft philosophy might be. We're getting really close to the draft, so... A lot of these episodes here tuning in are going to be based on the draft, based on roster construction, based off of really just projections of players and all kinds of sorts like that. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. All right, well, getting into this week's episode today, there's a couple of things that I really wanted to talk about. One of the main things that kind of sparked interest in me of, of for this week's podcast was a lot of people talking about Odell Beckham Jr., right? Talking about how, oh, you know, we have Odell, you know, we could have signed Odell for that money. I'm just going to keep this short and sweet. The Patriots were not matching that number. And before anybody says, well, they added void years, they could have got it done. They could have, but the Patriots typically do not overextend themselves in future years. Whether whether we want to argue they should or shouldn't in certain scenarios, that's a different story. That's a different topic, but the Patriots do not typically extend themselves out using void years unless it is for a player like a Devin McCourty or you know even Tom Brady or players of that like where they know there is, you know, there is a mutual respect for those kind of players in the building. There is a understanding of those kind of players in the building. They usually will do that if they're getting something in return, right? If they're giving more money, they understand. Like, there's there's a little bit of understanding with that. So, no, I don't think the Patriots are going to bring in an external free agent because they have to pay external free agent and Odell Beckham Jr., and they would have to pay that money. The $15 million guaranteed gets paid up front. The void years... That's just an accounting way. At the end of the day, like everybody's like, the cap's crap. Everything's like, it's like, it's not. You have to pay the real money and you also have to account for it. And it just really depends on when it does. Now, for me, I personally think that somebody like an Odell Beckham Jr. would have made a little bit of sense here for Mac Jones entering year three. Like if the Patriots did that exact same deal. I think that could have been a possibility because of the fact that they don't have a lot of players here locked up long term. Now, I think that will change as we get closer to the draft because um, or even post draft, because I think the Patriots typically, you know, they'll want to move cap around so that they have operating expenses for the year. Um, they can sign their draft class, things like that. So the Patriots will make some moves in that regard. They might cut some players. They might trade some players. So. As of right now, though, I just don't think the Patriots had it in them. So, but it does bring a point up to this point in the offseason where we've seen now Odell Beckham Jr., we've seen Brandon Cooks, we have seen rumors of DeAndre Hopkins, we've seen rumors of Jerry Judy, T. Higgins, we saw last year with A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill. It begs me to believe that. Now, this is not something that I agree with, but is it a possibility that the New England Patriots view Devontae Parker 
as their number one receiver? Do they look at him and say, look, this guy, you know, when healthy in his career has been a good productive receiver. And, you know, to be honest with you, he, he, it's not like he's missing five, six, seven games every year. I mean, he's had a couple of seasons where that's been the issue. Like for example, one, for example, sorry, my mic cut out a little bit there. So uh, for example, with Devontae Parker, the Patriots are getting a fairly productive receiver when healthy. When looking at, you know, Devontae Parker in his career, right? 2015 came into the league with Miami. He played there for one, seven seasons. Um, seven seasons in Miami, he had basically the years that were terrible, right? We'll, 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 let's talk about this. Rookie year, 494 yards in 14 games. Missed two games, right? Wasn't a starter. Didn't really, you know, he, he didn't work his way into the lineup yet. We get that. The following year, plays 15 games. Still not a starter yet. 744 yards, four touchdowns. Then he goes and plays 13 games, 11 games, and then he has a stretch where he plays 16 and 14, and that's about 1,800 yards each. A 1,200-yard season, um, and then an 8, uh, sorry, I should say 1,800 between the two, between age 29, uh, 2019 and 2020, age 26 and 27. He played, you know, a big chunk of games, started a big chunk of games, had 72 catches for 1,202 yards and nine touchdowns. And that was in 2019. And then in 2020, during the COVID year, he went and had 14 games for 63 catches on 763 yards and four touchdowns. The following season, he was banged up and injured, played only 11 games, or sorry, played only 10 games, um, had 40 catches for 515 yards um, and two touchdowns. And then in 2022, there was... 13 games, 539 yards, and three touchdowns. So not as bad as people might have seen in Miami. So still played games, still was talked about as not a reliable receiver. So the Patriots could be looking at him to be a reliable receiver and a reliable number one. So that takes us into the draft prospects that the Patriots have been looking and talking to. So let's get into that list now. Okay, um, really quickly, jumping in now, I'm not saying really quickly, because we're going to go through some of this now. So I just wanted to make those quick two points, right? One on Devontae, uh, OBJ, and one on Devontae Parker, and how I think the Patriots look at Devontae Parker, and they say, look, the production's there in that one season, he's not a bad receiver, he's on a cheap contract, he is good when he's on. If we can get him going in this system and remain healthy, there is a good chance that he's a pretty good receiver. And luckily for Devontae Parker, he's not necessarily a receiver that relies on speed and separation to win. He is a down-the-field contested catch, methodical route runner at the top of his routes. And I think the New England Patriots value that. And I think that that's, you know... When looking at the team and looking when we get into these prospects and, and who they're going for, this reads me to believe that they probably view Devontae Parker as a complementary piece to this offense, as they view him as, I should say, a significant part of this offense, right? 
The Patriots brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. That was the one-for-one Jacoby Myers trade. Like, we've talked about that. That was an upgraded yards-after-catch Jacoby Myers. Okay, that's going to stretch the field, spread the field out a little bit more. You have Kendrick Bourne. You have Tyquan Thornton. You have, um, you know, you, you have Juju, like I said. You have Devontae Parker. You let Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers walk. You added Mike Kosicki. You have James Robinson, who's probably going to play a, a featured role as the second or third back, potentially be in there on some passing downs. Again, all of that will change with how the draft goes and, and what is looking at the draft. But if I'm the Patriots, right, and you have Devontae, like they're looking at it this way, right? Devontae Parker is is older, and we get it. He's cheap, but they have to eventually replace that type of skill set. If they want, and, th- and this is why I, I say this, is it seems like they're building their wide receiver room like the Eagles, the, you know, we need a basketball team at wide receiver. You need your point guard, you need your, you know, your centers, your power forwards, you need kind of all of it to kind of work as a cohesive unit, right? So they look at it and they say, we've got our deep threat guy in Tyquan Thornton, our speed, get out there, we have our... um kind of Z receiver, move him around the formation, can play in the slot, kind of hybrid in Kendrick Bourne. We have our true X, go up and get it, contested catch, red zone guy in Devontae Parker. We have our slot receiver, yards after catch, short area quickness, Juju Smith-Schuster. And now they're looking at it and say, okay, like we could use another piece here or there. Um, maybe use a do-it-all kind of wide receiver, right? Like a, a Zay Flowers, for example, or a Jackson Smith and Jigba, or Jordan Addison, guys like that where they could possibly put them right into the the position and they can contribute right away as being that kind of do-it-all wide receiver. So when I look at it and I say all of the players that the Patriots have been meeting with and having meetings with, like it speaks volumes to their philosophy, and it also speaks volumes really to Matt Groh. And I think that the Patriots have handed over their drafting philosophy to Matt Groh, and it has paid off. I think there is there is some new value, new you know mindset of, hey, look, this isn't you know the early 2000s, mid-2000s, how we draft now. Like We can't just be drafting defensive tackle run stuffers and thumpers at the middle linebacker position and offensive guards. Like, that's great, but we can find that just... I think there is there is some positional value to it. And I also think with that positional value, the Patriots look at it and say, look, look, yeah, we do have Devontae Parker, we do have Kendrick Bourne, we do have Tyquan, but we need to continuously take shots at this position. We need to continuously look to improve year after year or at least have depth and have, have people at that position. And I think going back to Devontae Parker, like, he has the benefit that this league and I'll put it this way, this Patriots training staff has managed to keep Hunter Henry, who was considered an injury prone player pretty much on the field since coming here. The Patriots looking at Devonte Parker, like they could get a couple of years out of him, but they still need to go get another receiver. So with, when we get into these kind of top 30 visits and, and some of the players they visited, you'll notice a trend here. It's that, the Patriots aren't looking really at any one type of receiver. They're not looking at any one type of body type. They are looking for 
How can we get depth across the board? It would not surprise me one bit if the New England Patriots went into the NFL draft and took two or three receivers. It would not surprise me. It really wouldn't. If they go into camp with nine or ten receivers, like that, that's okay. If they want to draft three, and I'm not saying draft three in the first round. If they want to take a guy in the first round and then take a couple of shots in the sixth round, like that's fine. If they want to take a guy in the first, one in the fourth, and one in the seventh, like they can do something like that. If they want to take one at two, four, and five, like totally fine. Like that's I could see that happening. I could also see that happening with their offensive tackles. Um which I will say is a little interesting that the only two tackles that they have had meetings with so far are Broderick Jones and Cody Mock, who's kind of, you know, a little bit back and forth. Um, and, and in terms of meetings, I mean official top 30. Like, they they met with Paris Johnson. They met with Broderick Jones, Anton Harrison at the Combine. They met with Quentin Johnson at the Combine. Um, they met with guys, right? They met with a lot of these different players and... I do want to just go through and and take a look at, like, the reported visits that we've seen so far and what that kind of – what that means for the Patriots, right? We'll get through these. We'll talk about each prospect. We'll go into the depth of this wide receiver room, who they're looking at, who, who they're deciding is a Patriots fit or not. So let's let's put it this way. We're going to start I'm going to breeze through very quickly with the reported virtual and in-person meetings that are not top 30 that I have written down. That that, that is what I have. So there's no guarantee that I have this 100% correct. Again, these are all reports, these are all from sources, these are all from different kind of levels of vetting process. So Again, I'm not going to say that any of these were official and any of these are happened, so take this with a grain of salt, but this is what we got. So we have, they met with Matthew Bergeron, the offensive tackle, who's probably a guard at the Senior Bowl, Kenny McIntosh at the Senior Bowl, Thomas Greeny at the Shrine Bowl, tight end from Alabama, running back Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. They met twice with Robert Soderholm III, the long snapper, before They went after Joe Cardona. Um, He's from VMI. They met him at the Senior Bowl and the NFL PA Bowl. Defensive liar Eli Huggins from Kansas State at the PA Bowl. Justin Marshall from the College Gridiron Showcase, a wide receiver out of Buffalo. Chris Stoll from Penn State at the Hula Bowl. Deshaun White, Oklahoma linebacker at the Hula Bowl. Um, Edge rusher Jordan Ferguson from Middle Tennessee at the Hula Bowl. Interior offensive lineman McClendon Curtis from UT Chattanooga at the Senior Bowl. Um, another interior offensive lineman, Micah Vanderpool um, at, from Hawaii at the Tropical Bowl. They met with linebacker D. Winters at a TCU at the Senior Bowl. Um, at the Combine, they actually met with the edge rusher Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. They met with uh, Adenomiwa Adeboare. Um, I always say his name awful. Um, edge rusher out of Northwestern at the Senior Bowl. They let, met with edge rusher Lucas Van Ness at the Combine. They met with um, Miles Murphy, the edge rusher out of Clemson. They met him at the Combine and Pro Day. Um, Brian Bercy, they met at the Clemson Pro Day, the defensive lineman. They met Jake Moody, the kicker out of Michigan at the Shrine Bowl and the Combine. Christian Gonzalez at the Combine. Trey Dean at the Combine, the safety, and they also met him at the Shrine Bowl. 
Um, Dante Stills from Virginia at the Combine. Keandre Coburn at the Combine. Habakkuk Baldonado at the Combine. Defensive end um, out of Pittsburgh. Ivan Pace, linebacker out of Cincinnati. They met him at the Combine. Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State at the Combine. Joey Porter Jr., Penn State at the Combine. Anthony Richardson, Florida, quarterback at the Combine. Cam Smith, cornerback out of South Carolina at the Combine. Linebacker Isaiah Moore out of NC State at the Combine. They met wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba at Ohio State at the Combine. They met Jordan Addison at the Combine. Quentin Johnson at the Combine. And they also met him at his pro day. Um, Then they met Puka Nakua um, out of BYU, the wide receiver, at the Combine and Senior Bowl. Um, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati at the Combine. Uh, Zay Flowers, BC at the Combine. Um, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, and Anton Harrison all at the Combine. Michael Meyer at the Combine. Zach Evans, Darnell Washington, Israel Abakanada at the Combine. Um, sorry, Aben Ikanda. Abanaconda, I think. I, I'm sorry, I'm butchering that name. Tucker Craft at the Combine. Moro Ojomo at the Pro Day. Derek Parrish at the Combine, Joey Fisher uh, out of Shepard at the Senior Bowl, Josh Downs at the pro at his pro day, Jacqueline Roy at his pro day. So I tried to go as quick as possible um, going through a lot of those guys. So I really want to kind of leave that up to there. Let me put it this way. Let me take a breath as I say that as well. The Patriots, as many other teams do, they meet with these players Not necessarily all the time, meaning we want to take this player. There's a couple of reasons. The first and and easiest reason is like to do their homework on all the players, right? To do their job. They need to know when these guys get into the draft because if they're left at a position where their board is kind of gone and they have these guys that they say didn't have on their board, but they met at the pro day, they met at the senior bowl, there is a little bit of an understanding of who that player is as a person, how they think, how they operate, if they could work in the system, um, if it's somebody there and if it's worth it, it's also a good way to get to know these players and understand them because of professional scouting. You're going to know that you, it, maybe this player isn't a good fit for you. You think he's going to be a good player. He's just not going to be good on your system and your team. But you know that in the right system and maybe you have four or five teams that you think he's going to go to and be really good with. You want to have that kind of scouting report as full as possible so that when it comes time to the season, your coaches and your coaching staff know how to handle that player and it's not an unknown, um, especially at the next level. And it's also good to know all of this information beforehand because if you want to ever sign or trade a player, let's say they become a UDFA, let's say that they sign with their team but get cut after a year because they were you know, a six-rounder and you want to sign them to your practice squad, or let's say they're disgruntled in year three and they want to get traded, you kind of know that, okay, like there is something going on in that situation. This player is not what he is showing to the media you know, you have an understanding there. So that's kind of like one little lump of why that happens. Another one is, you know, besides doing the due diligence and all the players, it's to confirm medical histories and maybe some past issues in the past, right? A lot of the times people will have those meetings, you know, let's say they checked all the boxes. This player's on our list, but there's something from the past that one of our scouts found that we want to ask them about that we are nervous of taking this player and having this 
look bad on the organization, but also affect that player's ability to play on the field. Or there might be a situation and say, look, we gave this kid the playbook at, say, the Shrine Bowl, and we want to quiz him. We want to bring him in because they're on their board, right? They say, yeah, this player's great. We met him. You know, like, like for example, let's say somebody was at the Senior Bowl that they really like. They met him at the Combine, and they have a pro day lined up with him. Or, or they met him at the Combine, they met him at the pro day. They met him at a top 30 visit. The Patriots are going to say, like, okay, we gave this kid the playbook all the way back then. We know that on tape, on film, his makeup, everything like that, he's a Patriot fit. He fits a need. We're going to be able to get him at when we have our draft picks. Then we talk to him and say, wow, he's a great kid. Now they're going to say, okay, how does he retain information in this offense? Like, is this going to be a tough year for him? Is it going to be tough in year one? Like, is that going to make us think, like, okay, maybe we don't waste a second-round pick on this kid. But we do go and look and see if we can grab him in the third round because he's going to have to get up to speed a little bit more, and we're going to want some more impact players with our first two picks. So that's obviously another way that the Patriots take a take take a consideration at why they have these meetings. And like I said, it's injuries, right? So a lot of the times players will have injury concerns. They want to see like, how is this healing? How are you trending? How do we, let's get our medical staff involved? We trust their opinions. They've seen this happen year after year. They have experience year after year. They know how it's pushed in camp and in the offseason. Like, how is this going to affect this kid's readiness? Can we get him on track? Can we do all of that? That's kind of why those things happen. So anytime there is a top 30 visit, I will leave it at that. Everything else for virtual and in-person and all those other meetings I just kind of rattled through, those have those are kind of the, the homework, the fact-finding. The top 30 is kind of like a culmination of all of that. It's fact-finding again, but it's kind of just like crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Like, that's that's what that is. So, I want to get into the top 30 visits. Right now, according to my account, I don't believe... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So, right now, I have the Patriots at 17 of top 30 visits. I mean, they've got another 13 that have either yet to be scheduled or announced or yet to be announced or whatever it might be. We're, I'm going to go down the list basically in order of these reported to me. So the Patriots have met or will meet with the cornerback Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. So I wanted to talk real quickly about each prospect. Um, Forbes has been one of those prospects that I have just loved um, as a Patriots fit. He has always reminded me of J.C. Jackson. If you've watched any of my mock drafts, you, you'll notice that, or I should say read any of my mock drafts, not watch. Um, in the early, early portions, I had Emmanuel Forbes at 46. Um, I had him trading back and getting him in the second round. Like there's, I had him going in the second round quite often, and, and he is a pick six machine. He is a turnover. He is a ball hawk. Um, he's got good coverage skills, great turning his hips. What concerned me is he didn't have an outright amazing performance of testing leading up to this draft process. Um, not to say he's a bad athlete, not to say anything of that. It just doesn't make me feel as great taking him high up in the top 50 as I say I would. Now, that's me. There's a reason I'm on this podcast and not in the decision-making for the NFL. The Patriots might look at, look at it differently and say he is worth that second-round pick. 
So they're meeting with Emmanuel Forbes. Really like him. Like him as a fit for the Patriots. Um, if they can get him, I, I think that's a great pick. And then we'll put it this way. The Patriots met reportedly with 46 people last year. I think we have a lot more meetings that have happened this year. Of the top 30 visits, only two of those players from last year, they actually drafted. Now, what that does is people are like, oh, they have a top 30 visit. That means they like them. They're going to get them. It's like, no, because a lot of the times it's crossing T's and dot and I's. And they might be on the fence for a player. And that 30 meeting might swing, say, yep, he's off our board. Or it might say, nope, he's on our board. And a lot of the times those players get selected well before. So Marcus Jones and Jack Jones were the two players on their top 30 visits that they ended up drafting. So a lot of the times that can happen too. Like there's players on here that are on their board that they just might not even have the chance to select. Um, They might lose out on. So keep that with a grain of salt. But just know that like the Patriots are are doing their due diligence. And and I'll tell you if there's players here that I'm familiar with or not. Um, Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. This is intriguing. I think he's got the body and the makeup to be a number one receiver. I think he ran pretty well at the combine. I think athletically, he is a good athletic big cornerback. Uh, wow. Wide receiver. That is a cornerback destroyer in college. However, I don't think it's what the Patriots need right now. If they want to grab him in the mid rounds, I think it's a great pick. If you go and grab him with one of your fourth round picks, um, I think he just needs a little bit more polish with his route running at the top of his route. Um, there's a little bit of an issue with, you know, getting separation, not that he's slow, but just kind of working on release packages, which happen. People, people got to work on those things as, as time goes. But to me, I, I just, I like the fit. The Patriots are checking into him. They're seeing it. I just think that it's, it's a player that they're going to look way down the board and not early on. Um, he has been creeping up for some teams into the second, third round. Uh, another receiver that I actually liked that actually kind of took himself out of the running still in my top 10 is Rashi Rice um, out of SMU. Like I seem to think he's a good corner uh, wide receiver. I keep saying quarterback, um, good wide receiver. I just think Mingo and uh, Rashi Rice are kind of in that same like tier of, you know, third round. Like they could go anywhere from second to, th- to fourth round. And it, it really just depends on like, how aggressive teams are going to be. Like, if, if they love the skill set, they're going to make them a second-round pick. Um, next one, we had Jordan Addison out of USC, the wide receiver. A lot of people know him. A lot of people talk about him. I have him, actually, as wide receiver number four in my class, I believe. I, I forget if he's either three or four. Um, I actually have him behind JSN, Zay Flowers, and actually... I believe Quentin Johnson. It, it's I can't remember if I put. I have to look off the top of my head, but I can't remember if I put Quentin at three and Addison at four, or vice versa. But they're both there. Um, I like Addison. I think he's got number one receiver written all over him. I just think the Patriots need some more explosiveness. They need some more, like to put it as frank as possible. Like they they need fantasy football guys. They need guys that people across the league are going to say. I want this guy on my fantasy football team as a rookie, as a first-year player, whatever, because I think that he's going to, you know, 
go off and be considered a wide receiver one, right? Like the Patriots need someone like that. They need a playmaker. They need somebody with good hands, good route running, gets open, has a good feel for space. I think Jordan Addison is that. I just think that there's more explosion that they need kind of down the road rather than um, the more methodical, which is not bad. He is a good receiver. He's methodical. He's got great hands, good route running, good like feel for space. I just think the Patriots need a little bit more top heavy separation because they have an issue of kind of bunching up right now. Um, then we have Cody Monk, who's, you know, kind of a versatile, like inside outside guy. He's probably, he's probably going to start as a tackle somewhere in the league. Um, will eventually transition a guard if it doesn't work out. Like he's got a ceiling at both places. Um, North Dakota, North Dakota state university, I think he is mean. He finishes his blocks. He is powerful and he's got really good footwork. So I think if the Patriots are looking in like the second round for an offensive tackle, I think that's a project that they could look for. Um, another wide receiver here is Zay Flowers out of BC. This is this is more my speed. This is wide receiver two in the class for me behind Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um if the Patriots don't get JSN, if he doesn't land there at 14, like I'm okay with taking Zay Flowers at 14. I would ideally love to trade back into the 20s and take him, but then you're kind of playing with fire because if JSN's gone by 14 and you move back, like there's a chance that a team in that teens is going to say, you know what, like, and there's teams behind you that might say, we're going to move into the teens now that you moved out with another team and basically jump the Patriots and, and, and take Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison. I think Zay Flowers represents more of the inside, outside, deep threat, speed, agility, um, not as sure as hands as Jordan Addison, but still great hands. I think he's a better route runner, better in space, better with separation, and he's going to be that player. Like I said, that fantasy football guy like how are we going to to mesh with you know how are we going to match up and mesh with Zay Flowers um they also had meetings with TJ Luther from Gardner Webb and Scott Madlock from Boise State um a wide receiver and a defense tackle honestly not a lot to talk about them and I'm just going to read through a couple of these names that I don't really want to get to today just because I feel like I'm not doing them justice by not looking at their tape as well Jamie Robinson um, and Valami Fehoko, um, a safety out of Florida State and an edge out of San Jose State University. I I really want to dig a little bit more deeper. I'm still going through my safeties and my edge. Um, those are kind of some of the last positions that I have in my draft kit. So I want to give them benefit of the doubt. Like I don't want to talk about them if I haven't looked into it. Um, Hendon Hooker, this is you know an interesting one, but again, it's due diligence here. It's you know, hey, if this player's available and we're in this position, we'll take him. We're probably that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, they're gonna take Kenneth Hooker in the first round. Like that's not the case. But if he's there in the third or fourth round because of injury and age concerns, like not that he will be, but the Patriots might pounce then and, and might try to grab it. They might even trade back into the second round again. So I think that's a good player there. Antonio uh and Antonio Mafi, I thought from the beginning that he was one of the better interior guards in the draft. And he kind of fell off the face of the earth from UCLA. Um, if I'm the Patriots, like it's intriguing, but I just think he's one of those players that 
is going to go late, might actually be undrafted. So I think that's a player that they're kind of putting on their board for like the undrafted free agency. Broderick Jones is a true left tackle. He could be one of the best left tackles in the league, but he's a project. He he really is. He's got a lot of like sloppiness and things to his game that needs to be cleaned up at the next level. Um I, I think he's not as surefire as the Patriots think, but I think he is one of those players that they are taking a consideration with. Nolan Smith at edge would be a a great um a great addition to this defense, but I, I just think there's a little bit of redundancy there with Josh Uche finally emerging um and other needs on the roster. I think if the Patriots had most of their needs filled, or let's say this offseason they went and they got, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and they decided to go after let's say you know a Jesse Bates and they kept Jalen Mills and they went after even you know uh, for offensive tackle they went and, and got Mike McGlinchey and and they kind of you know spent the money there I'd say like yeah Nolan Smith that's a great like that is a benefit pick um and then we'll wrap up here really quickly for this episode Michael Wilson, the wide receiver out of Stanford, um, he is an intriguing one. Another like kind of day two, early day three kind of guys. He has production, but has had a crazy, crazy amount of injury history throughout his career. Malik Cunningham, the quarterback out of Louisville, gives the Patriots something they don't have, and I really think that they are going to draft another quarterback. Um, the Patriots, they they need to have... It's just a value to have three quarterbacks on the roster, have somebody run the scout team, have somebody give you looks, you know, when you play teams like that have Lamar Jackson and, and have Jalen Hurts and, and have Justin Fields, like you have somebody that is an athletic quarterback that, that can make those decisions and make it a little bit easier for your defense as they try to learn against that. And then... Lastly, he's another official top 30 visit. It's Tyree Wilson, the edge of Texas Tech. I think he is a polished two-way defender. I just don't think he gets out of the top 10. I think if the Patriots are getting him, they're trading up. So I'm really excited to kind of get off of this, you know, kind of who if, what if, and get into the draft. But as of right now, I think I think the Patriots are in a really good spot. And I know this week kind of felt a little rushed, but I wanted to get through as much as possible and as little as time as possible. Um, I'm sure as things get on, you know, what progress, we'll kind of talk more about, you know, roster structure and everything like that. But anyways, everybody, that has been it for this week of the 40 yard dad podcast. I am your host, Cam Garrity. You can follow me on Twitter at Cam as Garrity. Again, that's me, Cam Garrity. And I write for the Patriots wire. So really appreciate everybody taking a listen today. And I will see you guys on the next episode.